Like many golfers around the globe, you may be about to embark on another golf season. Perhaps your excitement is mounting because due to winter or a wet start to the spring, your game has been on hiatus. As you think about what you'd like to accomplish, it's natural to want to set some lofty goals, and you definitely should. But goals aren't enough to get you and your game to the finish line you're envisioning without a strategic game plan. That's why in this episode, I'm going to share 10 practical ways to transform your golf goals into winning action. She Talks Birdie is for you, the golf enthusiast who wants to discover how to play the game you love better, smarter, and more effortlessly. If that sounds like exactly what you need to take your game to the next level, then I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Dr. Shannon Reese, and in each episode, we'll take a look behind the curtain in your mind to uncover the simple mindset strategies that will help you play great. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. Hey there, Birdie lover. Welcome back to another episode of She Talks Birdie. I'm Dr. Shannon Reese, and I'm so glad that you're joining me for the 10th episode. Woohoo! I'm excited to be sharing the 10 practical ways to transform your golf goals into winning action in honor of this episode. The strategies I'm going to teach you will help you move from great goals to meaningful action. No more hoping for the best and falling short of your improvement goals. These steps will equip you to measurably move your game forward during the current golf season. I also want to take a moment to thank you for coming along with me on this podcast journey, as I feel like I'm still finding my producing and publishing pace. My dad has always said that slow and steady wins the race, and that's how getting this podcast up and running has felt. And that's also true for my topic today. When you have a direction and a map to keep you on course, there's nothing that's going to hold you back from getting to your ultimate destination. You just have to remain committed to the game plan, even if you don't get there overnight. The world was all abuzz when Phil Mickelson won the 103rd PGA Championship against incredible odds. One of the big standouts about his performance for me is that he didn't play anywhere near a flaw-free round on Sunday. But in Phil's style, he kept on keeping on. He stuck to his plan all the way to the finish line on Sunday and in the many months leading up to the PGA Championship. I found it interesting during his post-round interviews how much he attributed his success to the improvements he'd been working on with his focus. If you experience fluctuations in your focus, then you're in good company. Even my professional golf clients continually work hard to keep their focus sharp because they know that occasional lapses cost them strokes. Mickelson said he knew that he had the technical game to contend and win, but had been struggling to maintain consistent high-level focus for an entire round. As a scholar of his game, Phil saw a need and worked hard to transform it into an asset in his game. I guarantee that he did much more than simply set a non-specific goal to improve his focus. Like all high-level performers, he reverse-engineered a clear, step-by-step action plan to reach that goal. 
he had to create a specific and well-mapped game plan to improve his ability to focus. That's the difference between setting goals and mapping out an action plan for success. The latter is what I teach my private clients to do on a quarterly basis so that they keep making progress. This process could be exactly what you need to get more out of the current golf season than you've ever been able to before. You've heard the saying, fail to plan, plan to fail. That summarizes the main reason why so many people bail on their New Year's resolutions before they've even had a chance to develop new habits. According to the U.S. News & World Report, New Year's resolutions have a failure rate of 80%. I know, that's shocking. Most people quit their pursuits by the middle of February. In the past, I've been known to set New Year's resolutions and quickly abandon them too. The big obstacle to my success and perhaps yours was lacking a well-defined action plan to get from where I was to where I wanted to go. I never took the time to really, seriously establish the actionable steps I needed to facilitate the desired change I was looking for. Does that sound familiar? And ultimately, that led me to avoiding the tradition altogether. Since then, I've learned to go after big goals again, but with purpose and direction. I've developed a process for breaking things into manageable and action-driven parts so that I'm able to clearly see a path to the finish line. I'd like to encourage you to get back in the goal-setting saddle by setting some lofty performance milestones in your game this season. You can achieve meaningful success by applying a simple 10-step process that will provide you with a roadmap to follow. Are you ready to get started? If you want to implement the steps in real time as I go through this podcast episode, grab a pen and paper or pause this episode to download the worksheet I created to guide you through the process. You can get an instant download by heading over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 010. That's trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 010. Just submit the quick and easy form and you'll get an instant link to download a PDF you can use to follow along as I walk you through the 10-step process. So pause the audio to grab something to write with or to download the worksheet, and I'll wait for you here. Okay, let's dive in. Step number one is to start with a priorities check. When was the last time you evaluated your priorities? If it's been a year or more, or you've never gotten clear about what you value highly in golf, you're overdue. Every golfer plays for specific reasons, which have a direct influence on the goals he or she sets. I like my clients to periodically assess their highest priorities in golf, so there is no friction between what they truly want out of their game and the goals they set. If you aren't finding your game fulfilling, then your activities and pursuits may not be aligned with your deep reasons for playing. To help you uncover your golf priorities, you can access the worksheet my private clients use by heading over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash priorities. 
This exercise will take you about 10 to 15 minutes to complete. But once you know what makes golf the very best experience for you, it'll be much easier to create a game plan to take your game from where it is right now to where you'd like to see it go. Step number two is to be clear about the finish line. Creating a great plan starts with a specific end in mind. The best way to start wrapping your mind around a good finish line is to consider what type or types of big things you would like to accomplish 12 months from now. While I work hard to train golfers to invest in the process side of their game, when establishing a meaningful finish line, the best things to focus on are outcomes, like winning a particular event or a significant change in your stats or scoring average, gaining meaningful distance with your clubs, or something like that. And please hear me when I say that I want you to think big. I want you to identify a BHAG, also known as a big, hairy, audacious golf goal. B-H-A-G-G. If your 12-month golf goal doesn't seem a bit daunting or make you a little squirmy, then you're simply not thinking big enough. Try not to think so realistically, but allow yourself some space to dream a bit too. You'll never know just how far you can go if you don't stretch your mind and your finish line just a bit. Step number three is to know your why. You've got to know your why. Why does this big, hairy, audacious golf goal have so much meaning for you? Does the finish line you selected directly align with your highest priorities? If not, then it's really not where you're going to find great success. For example, if you're setting goals to impress others or prove something to someone else or the like, and that's not one of your golf values, then you aren't going to have the determination and motivation to push through the hard times and reach your finish line. Be completely honest with yourself about whether or not you're committing to a no-option-to-fail mission or not. What that means is that you will choose to keep on keeping on, no matter how long it takes, no matter how challenging it gets, no matter whether you feel like you have to take a few steps back in order to take a single step forward, no matter what. You have to know that your reason for this pursuit is big enough to overcome any obstacle. This is another reason people give up on their resolutions so quickly. At the first sign of difficulty, they throw in the towel because there wasn't enough meaning to keep them on course. Don't let that be your story by skipping the step of identifying your highest priorities so that you are crystal clear on your why. Step number four is to identify your low-hanging fruit opportunities. Once you've established a highly meaningful finish line, one that will get you to jump out of bed and get to work so you move your game closer and closer week after week, then it's time to break that goal into bite-sized milestone goals. You should start by examining your game from tee to green. Consider every place you could use some refinement, improvement, or adjustment that could enhance your performance. There are five places I want you to look. The technical side of your game, the physical side of your game, meaning things like your strength, flexibility, health, and conditioning, the strategic side of your game, 
the emotional management side of your game, and the mental side of your game. What you're looking for in each of these areas are what I refer to as low-hanging fruit opportunities. Ask yourself questions like, where am I regularly giving strokes away? In what kind of situations am I struggling on the course? Do I have consistent blow-up holes that are costing me extra shots? What are parts of my game in which a bit more attention could go a long way to saving me shots? Your examination needs to bring to light all possibilities first. Next, you want to sift through all the possibilities to identify the ones that will require the least amount of time, effort, energy, and money to accomplish, but that will provide you with the best tangible impact on closing the gap between where you are and where you want to go. The minimal effort and big impact are what make these micro-changes low-hanging fruit opportunities. Make a list of as many things as you can that you believe would help you reach your big 12-month goal. Then prioritize them by order of importance and select the top three that you could reasonably tackle. Step number five is to reverse engineer your action steps. Once you have your top three milestone or incremental goals that are big stepping stones to your 12-month goal, it's time to transform them into actionable steps. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, goals don't get accomplished without well-planned action steps. You don't want to set a great-looking goal but have no idea what the step-by-step action steps need to be to reach it. If your eyes are starting to glaze over, Come back to me, because this fifth step is really important. Let's say that you're currently averaging in the high 90s and have a big 12-month goal to lower your scoring average by 10 strokes. And one of the low-hanging fruit opportunities you identified was a mental game need to improve the consistency of your focus over 18 holes. Sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what Phil was working on. You know that your focus drifts in and out throughout a round and has had a negative impact on your score. Oftentimes, it can lead to a blow-up hole or a string of three putts. Setting a milestone goal to improve your focus is a great next step, but you have to know how you specifically intend to go about improving it. Action steps that could improve your focus include things like creating a detailed visualization of every shot, selecting a small and specific target, taking the time to walk all the way around every putt, or resting your mind between shots and holes. Each of those examples will help you discipline your mind to stay on task. When your mind stays on task, you will hit better shots. When you hit better shots, your stats and scores will improve. That's the way you have to look at performance and create a clear map to get from where you are to where you want to go. An action step needs to include the following elements. It must be simple and repeatable. It must be something that contributes to a goal. It must be something you can directly control in your game. And it must be something you can measure and track. Which leads us to step number six. Step number six is to decide how and when you will measure your progress. After you've identified at least two to four action steps for each milestone goal, 
You have to set the parameters you will commit to use in order to hold yourself accountable to actually apply them with consistency. No one is capable of building new habits without taking consistent action. And you will never reach your goals if you don't have a way to measure your progress. Using my example of wanting to improve your focus, achieving that milestone goal means taking one baby step at a time. So you will want to lay out a timeline and a way to score yourself on your commitment to those steps. Let's say that you know lapses in your focus on the green can be especially costly, and that one of the big distractions hurting your focus is when you start contemplating worst-case scenarios like not getting the ball to the hole or blowing the ball past the hole. This has increased your number of putts per round significantly. To reach your 12-month score reduction goal, you know a great place to focus is reducing your putts per round. Perhaps as you reflect on your rounds over the past month, you can see how many times you are three-putting due to a loss in focus and that you can see how that is contributing about five or six shots to your scorecard. Rather than trying to immediately shave all five or six shots off your putting game, you could break out the improvement plan to reducing your putts by two within the next 30 days, two more within the next 60 days, and perhaps two more within the next 90 days. This will prevent you from putting unnecessary pressure on your shoulders around your putting game. For accountability, you decide that you will track how many times you successfully complete your two selected action steps on every green after you complete a hole. By knowing that you essentially have to score yourself on your use of your two action steps following every hole, you will tend to remember to do them. You can keep a note card with your action step reminders on it next to your scorecard and review it on your way from one hole to the next. Step number seven is to track your wins. With a timeline and a way to measure your progress, it's important to be clear on what it is you want to be tracking. There is no value in keeping track of how many times you don't do something right. All you're doing is shining the spotlight on the wrong habit. When tracking your progress, only keep track of your wins, meaning every time you stick to your action steps. The objective is to build new habits by consistently using your action steps because those new habits are the direct path to achieving your milestones, which in turn will lead you to the 12-month finish line and beyond. So track your wins and not the ratio of wins to misses. You can easily do this following every hole on the back of your note card by giving yourself a star or a check mark every time you successfully complete both of your action steps. Step number eight is to add your action steps to your calendar. At this point of the exercise, you have a plan that will get you where you want to go. The final piece of the planning process is to schedule time on your calendar specifically for the purpose of working on your action steps. This includes scheduling rounds and practice time each month with the intention of working on your current action items and tracking your success. There will be times when you have less time to work on your game and times when you'll have a little bit more. That's okay. Just make sure that the time you actually have matches with the timeline for improvement that you're setting. If you know you will have less time one month, 
then consider scaling back your improvement measure slightly if that makes more sense. Step number nine is to pivot when necessary. At the end of each week, you will want to schedule time to evaluate your progress from the week. You simply want to look at whether or not you're doing more of what you set out to do. If not, you want to identify what's getting in the way and strategize how to move that obstacle off your path to success. If your timeline was too lofty, then reassess and reset it. If you're making progress faster than planned, celebrate that and then pivot by accelerating the timeline. Know where you're making the most progress and where you might be getting stalled out so you can do something differently or better in the week to come. Your plan is never cast in stone. It's a living, changeable one. So pivot when and where you need to. Step number 10 is to choose an accountability buddy. This step is just as important as all the rest, so don't just blow by it. Sharing your goals with others is an additional way to hold yourself accountable. And if you can find a buddy who wants to make strides in his or her game too, then share your plans with each other and do a weekly check-in to share your progress. Knowing that you have to report to someone can be very motivating to keep you on track. I hope this episode has opened your eyes to the steps necessary to really move your game forward in the coming golf season. Hopes and dreams are wonderful to have, but things don't get done without a game plan. You now have 10 steps you can follow to map out a successful journey this season and every season to come. It's important to set aside time to flesh it all out, because once you do the work, all you have to do after that is take the pre-planned action and track your progress. To position you for success, I've created a downloadable PDF worksheet that you can follow to transform your golf goals into winning action this season. So if you didn't download it at the beginning of this episode, then grab a copy now by heading over to trainingforoptimalperformance.com forward slash 010. And while you're there, please leave me a comment and let me know what you plan to accomplish this season in your game by sharing a meaningful milestone you want to pursue. I'd love to hear from you. To quickly recap, the 10 practical ways to transform your golf goals into winning action are to start with a priorities check, be clear about the finish line, know your why, identify your low-hanging fruit opportunities, reverse engineer your action steps, decide how and when you will measure your progress, track your wins, add your action steps to your calendar, pivot when necessary, and finally, choose that accountability buddy. No matter what level you play, this goal mapping process is for you if you want to make sustainable gains in your game. I can't wait to hear how you plan to hit the ground running to your big finish. If you have any questions, let me know. I'm always here to help. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast or leave me a review. It's the best way to support the podcast and enable me to keep providing you with the actionable content you need to play great. And if you haven't subscribed to the She Talks Birdie podcast, I hope you'll do so soon. That'll guarantee you won't miss a single juicy episode. I'll be back soon. Until next time, 
get out there and play great.